Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 26th of August, 2021, Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Boy, oh boy, it's been toasty warm here in the past week, but it's also been the month of the hungry ghost, where spirits come out from the underworlds and realms beyond, and deceased ancestors come to visit their living descendants. During August, the gates of heaven and hell open, and restless spirits roam the earth once again. But don't worry, we're almost at the end of August, and there are probably no such thing as ghosts, and you are most likely completely safe. Our first story today is from Sawati, and you might need to leave the lights on for this one. Just when you thought it might be safe to be out from under the bed again, we'll re-listen to a story from Helena from way back in 2019. Before we get to today's podcast, though, a huge papery hug goes out to our loyal hometown listeners. We hope you've had a good month, and we appreciate you, and we are listening. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular to listeners in New Milton in the UK, Minato in Japan, and Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our next show will be coming up on September 30th, and the theme is Same, Same, But Different. Links on how to pitch and more tell-any-story-like workshops are up on the website hongkongstories.com. Tickets will be available two weeks before the show. If you cannot wait until the end of September, though, there's another show you might want to catch. On Saturday, September the 4th, Hong Kong Stories is teaming up with HK Improv, where we'll be taking to the stage to tell short stories that will be seamlessly sewn into the fabric of the improv show by their talented performers. Get tickets for the Improv Comedy Show, September 2021 edition, on zikit.co. That's Z-I-C-K-E-T dot C-O now. A link will be added to the always brief show notes. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now with a story from our August 2021 show that had the theme, Bustin' Out. Here is Swati. I was shooting a TV commercial in the hinterlands of Orissa, an Indian state. We were a team of 13 people and amongst them, I was the only girl. Over the next few days, we shot in the most beautiful villages, we talked to the artisans and got a closer look at their naive way of life. Everything was going well, except sometimes I was looked at strangely by some man or someone would come close to me and try to touch me. I thought maybe it's the way I dressed or they have never encountered a foreign woman before. I had to be extremely cautious at all times. But that was not the only thing I was cautious about. During our shoots, we stayed at any place closer to the shoot location for the next day. At nights, alone in my room, I would be worried about precisely two things. One, from the creepy men that I encountered during the day, thinking that they might find a way into my room. And second, from the ghosts of my mind, which would remind me of all the horror films I've ever seen. 
I'm scared easy that way. At times like that, I always wish to have another girl's company. We were on our last stretch of the shoot that involved shooting with the tribal communities living far up in the mountains where there was no proper road or connectivity. We reached our last hotel closer to the tribal region but in the middle of nowhere. We reached there in the night. While walking towards the hotel, I saw its facade and figured it's a very old building. We were checking in and I looked around. I saw no soul in sight and how dark the hotel was. And on top of that, the manager gave me a creepy smile from the corner of his eyes, which I found a way too disgusting. Anyway, I took my keys and I checked. I was the only one given the room upstairs. I was walking up. I suddenly sensed a vibe behind me. I looked back in shock, like how you see in horror films where a shadow runs. But actually, there was no one. That really scared me. After that, I kept looking behind and walking up. I reached my room. I locked it from inside. And I looked around. My heart raced. The windows were left ajar. Looking into the miles of darkness, there were spiders and lizards playing hide and seek. But what shocked me the most was streaks on the walls of this dark red saliva spit out by previous guests chewing betel nut that reminded me of blood. I sat on my bed. I closed my eyes and then the light started flickering. I couldn't take it anymore. I decided to call Savio, the producer, to see if I can sleep in his room. I took out my phone in panic and guess what? My phone had no network. <sighs> I decided to face my fears. Oh, no, no, no. Not to sleep in that room, but rather go down and ask Savio in person. My blood was chilled as I walked down. I actually literally ran. I reached Savio's room and when I told him what happened, he laughed at me hysterically while calling for the extra bedding. I lied down and started recapping the entire thing that had just happened and I suddenly heard Savio scream. I quickly switched on the light and when I asked him what happened, he said he felt somebody was choking him and he couldn't get up. Oh my my, what just happened? I am sure something is terribly wrong with this hotel, I thought. I eventually fell asleep somehow. The following morning we had to leave early. But then Savio got a call on his phone. His was the only phone which was working by the way because he had some particular network. After he got off his call, he said it's better to leave me in the hotel for safety reasons as on that day it was Mahashivratri, an Indian festival where men can get really drunk and can create nuisance. While leaving at 5.30 a.m., Savio told me that they would be back by 8 a.m. max. As soon as he left, I locked the room from inside and sat upright, started judging and questioning everything inside. After a while, I could hear a kid was having a bath in another room. I was so relieved I wasn't the only one in the hotel. It was now 9 a.m. The team still hadn't returned. The kid continued to have his bath. The kid must really love his bath, I thought. But by this time, it was joined by another voice. A voice of a lady laughing in a weird manner. And then came a knock on the door. I thought my team had returned. But when I asked, 
No one answered. Maybe by mistake, I thought. Few more hours passed. The team was still nowhere to be seen. Are they okay? Are they still shooting? Have they met with an accident? Or worse, are they killed? Weird thoughts started churning in my mind. And now I could hear all sorts of sound. The wind blowing sound from the little corner. The kid bathing sound. The lady giggling sound. And then came another knock. And when I asked again, no one answered. It was now 1pm. I decided to escape. But how and where? I was in the middle of nowhere. My phone had no network and I had no money whatsoever. Outside, there are men like that manager who can't be trusted. And in this room, there are ghosts who would kill me in no time. The kid is still having his bath and this lady giggling at what? I was beginning to resign to my fate. Something has happened to my team. I'm stuck. I'll die here. There is no escape. I decided to write a farewell letter to my family. Tears started rolling down. And now I could hear all sorts of sound. And they were growing only closer. There is no escape, I thought. And just in that moment, I hear another knock. I so wanted it to be my team. I so wanted to hear a familiar voice. I asked in my trembling voice who it is. And there came a voice. It's me, Savio. <sighs> I let out a sigh of relief. And as I opened the door, even though I was freaking out, I pretended things were fine. We were checking out. The manager, again here, gave me a creepy smile. He then handed the bill to Savio and the words he uttered here blew my mind. Sir, thanks for staying with us. You are our very first guest in many, many months. What? I wanted to grab his collar. I wanted to ask him about the kid, about all that banging, about the lady laughter. But, 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 at the same time, I wanted to live happily ever after. So I decided to keep my questions to myself and leave that place believing that there had been other guests. Sometimes for your own peace of mind, you need to be able to tell yourself that everything is okay. We're pleased that Sparty lived through the experience and came and told us all about it. Our next story was first told in April 2019. Here is Helena. Do you believe in ghosts? They're all around us right now, and I'm terrified of them. But I was not a believer in spirits in the past. All of these only existed in my mind, in my imaginations, never in reality. It all changed when I went on a trip to Thailand with my colleagues. So, you see, my colleagues believed in different religions. Two teachers were Taoists. One was a strong believer in Buddhism. Three atheists. And me, a practicing Christian who rarely goes to church. And then one very special lady. Let's call her V. V is a confident and loud person. Someone who's honest about her thoughts and is definitely not a drama queen who would seek attention from others. 
When I first met Fee, she told me I could see ghosts. And on that night in Thailand, she didn't want to come near the pool inside the resort. She said there was something there. But when I asked her where that something was, she whispered, "Let's talk about this." Tomorrow morning, not now. The night went on with drinks, gossips, and jokes, until V's loud chit-chatting stopped. Her voice failed, her expression darkened, and she began to act strangely. Her hands were placed on her head, and her. Body was rocking back and forth. With a skeptical tone, I asked her, "Are you uncomfortable because of that something?" And she gave a weak yes, but added, "Don't talk about it. This will attract its attention." The rocking back and forth got even worse, which eventually gained attention of my other colleagues. Once I told them that I think you know V might be disturbed or haunted by a spirit, they began to reveal their true colors. Surprisingly, it was the atheists who tried to deal with this matter first, but not by calling an ambulance. But by playing Christian songs, as suggested by Google. Okay, I was expecting to hear something like、uh, "Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound," you know, something like that. But instead, I heard something like "Have a Jolly Jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year." I mean, obviously, it did not work. So the Buddhist stepped in. She took out this wooden bead bracelet and explained, "It's some kind of a protection charm against negative energy," and she put it on V. V, for a very brief moment, seemed to slow down on her rocking back and forth, but the effect didn't last long. Her hand was slightly twisted, starting to twist in this. Angle that I don't believe I could achieve, and then her eyes were slowly rolled back to the whites, and she needed three people to hold her still. You know, one holding her from the back like this, and then two grabbing onto her limbs to avoid her from hitting her head towards the corner of the bed. I was one of those grabbing onto her limbs. She said one of the things we did kind of worked. But she refused to tell us what the thing was, or more like she was not allowed it to, because she kept on murmuring, "It doesn't allow me." So we didn't know what to do, and we kept on doing the things we did before, until two words popped up from her mouth: "Hail Mary." Hail Mary? What's Hail Mary? I have no idea what it is, and the word "hell" 
doesn't sound good to me. But still, I Google it and I typed in H E L L Mary. Thank God the suggested results function exists in Google. Because when I type in that, the result H A I L Mary plus the word prayer popped up instead. Turns out V was a Christian too, and the prayer Hail Mary was the key of helping her. So immediately I read out the prayer, and I must admit, when I urged V to repeat the prayer with me, I did not feel I was a more devout Christian. It felt more like I was one of those witches in Western TV dramas, you know, waiting for the fire to burst out of the ground as we chant spells. Because at one point, I was actually holding V's hand high up in the air, and together we were shouting, "Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, and the, at the hour of our death," you know, over and over again. And when she eventually spoke all the words of the prayer. Her hand, the twisting of her palm, and the rolling back of her of her eyes stopped, and she regained her voice. She was shouting, "Ah, this is so embarrassing! Shit, 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 shit!" As she hide under the sheets. That's when we knew our V was back. I didn't invite my colleagues to this show tonight because to them. I acted like I was excited, curious, and unafraid. But in truth, it left a mark on me. Knowing that I am not truly alone when I'm in a dark, empty room scares me. The feeling of being observed by beings that I can't see frightens me. But I know it's so important to face one's fear instead of avoiding it. So by telling you these stories, it's also admitting that it's true; it happened, and it's also telling you, all of you, no matter humans or something else, that I acknowledge your existence, and I pray that I can find the right way to coexist with all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. सबके पास एक दास्तां है सुनाने को। 